Good day, everyone. I'm Chris Yudan, the CEO and president for Superior Gold. Um, we own and operate the platonic operations up in WA, um, and um, we are progressing quite well with our turnaround story and looking forward to a really strong year this year um, with increased um, um, production compared to last year, which has also been a significant improvement from 2020. Um, a lot of activities going on at this stage and um, really looking forward to the second half when when all the plans that we pull together really comes into fruition and start delivering. Well, Chris, that's what I want to talk about. I want to talk about how you deliver a good, strong second half, okay? Right now, economy not working in anyone's favour. Um, inflation rampant. People worried about the future, stagflation, um, the lot, right? Uh, wars, wars in Ukraine and, um, you know, politicians, you know, printing money for fun. So it's, it's not a good, good environment. You walked into an already difficult environment where you needed to steady the ship and maintain 70 to 85,000 ounce, um, steady state production. Um, are you doing that? Yeah, for sure. Um, if we look at the first quarter, and maybe I can just go through the four quarters and, and what the sure. expectation is. Uh, first, looking back, the first quarter, as we communicated, we uh, did a shutdown on the mill, 15-day shutdown, which impacted our production in the quarter. However, it's interesting, if you compare Q1 of this year with every single quarter of 2020, we produced even more than any of those quarters. So despite the shutdown, it, it clearly demonstrates that we've moved, you know, moved the performance level of um, of the mill. The importance of that shutdown is really um, one of three elements in setting ourselves up for the second half of this year, which will see two things happening. The one is upping the production annualized right from the underground, on the underground mine to a million tons per year uh, in Q4, that's our target. Um, currently we're on track on the underground mine, so really looking forward to seeing that coming in. We uh, bringing in an additional jumbo, we'll be replacing some of the trucks and so forth. So that'll stand us in good stead. So focusing on reliability and, and productivity of our equipment will help us along that way. And of course, the fact that we finished the life of, uh, sorry, the new resource and reserve, that will um, culminate into the life of mine to further augment that initiative. Um, the second thing that we had to get our heads around was um, getting access to higher grade open pit ore. We finished perch. Um, in March this year, <coughs> in April, we moved into main pit deeps, um, which has been challenging. However, um, we're looking forward to seeing that all flowing really strongly in the second half. So what will that bring us? Well, if you look at perch, we typically had a grade about 0. 0.6 to 0. 0.7 grams a ton. We're moving to, on average, two, sorry, 1.5 to about 2.5 grams a ton on the open pit. That's going to be about 45% of our feed into the mill. Needless to say, that's going to, you know, help us a long way on, on improving the grade for the, uh, the, the mill grade. Then the third thing is, is unlocking, as I said, the potential in the underground mine, um, taking that up to a million tons annualized rate in Q4. Um, we're on track on the underground mine. Um, so that's, that's looking, looking good. The, uh, the production guidance is uh, between 80 and 90,000 ounces. Um, uh, we're still sticking to that the, and, and confident we'll be able to deliver that. There's one, I think, um, aspect which which potentially could have had a you know quite a devastating effect on the organisation. But I'm you know pleased to say that we've been able to manage it really well. And you know kudos to to the production team there. And that's the impact of COVID. Um, anecdotally, we've heard that some of the other assets are running with you know between 30 and 40 percent of their people impacted by COVID. And that, that makes operations really difficult. We've been able 
um, through the experience um, our, our uh, general manager had whilst he was working in Papua New Guinea, using those practices, bringing it to Australia, we were able to keep that down to a maximum of 12% of our people being influenced. This morning, we have about 3.7% of our employees impacted by COVID. So um, that's, a, that's dropped off to, you know, I think a, a palatable level. Uh, we certainly did see an impact during, you know, if we had 12% of our people impacted um, on our production rates. So we're busy catching up again on that front. So it's really lining up and being able to manage those four elements that will set us up for the second half um, of this year. Okay, so let, okay, let, let's, let's break that down a little bit because in a very meaningful way, Chris, no one cares what your problems are. No one cares what your ad, ad, admin um, jobs are. They care about are you going to hit those answers each month, each quarter, or not? Right, and that's that's a tough. That's the job of the CEO. It's it's it's, it's, a, it's a tough job. You know, <laughs> wouldn't want to do it uh, myself. Um, but you you let's talk about the mill because you shut it down for a reason. Just remind people why that needed to happen and what the immediate benefit is going to be. Yeah, okay. So typically on an operation like this, between seven and 10 years, you do the shutdown that we done. The shutdown has never been done in the history of, of the business. In fact, the bearings on the mill that was originally installed the day it was built uh, were still the same bearings. So we took them out. In fact, SKF asked us to, to send those bearings back because they want to understand what went right. Why did they last that long? Um, certainly towards the end, we started seeing vibrations uh, emanating from the mill. Um, it was beyond levels that we were comfortable with. In addition to that, we we know that we're going to push hard in the second half and we want to get that that mill, we wanted to get that mill absolutely humming to be able to run at, at production uh, or installed production rate, which is 1.8 million tons per year. So we, done, we did the shutdown, spent the money on it. Um, when we restarted the mill, um, vibrations were below detectable levels. Um, or you know, well below the limits that we wanted to operate. And then we started turning up uh, the feed into the mill as the ore became available. And you know, we, we're seeing signs of it running for, for extended periods at 1.8 million tons per annum. Now, how significant is that? Last year, we did 1.56 million tons through the mill. Now we're running at 1.8 million tons annualized rate. So it is a significant uptick. It's putting pressure on the mine, of course, to provide the ore, but that's why we're upping the production from the underground and we're going into main for deeps. Right. I mean, your job is to get, it's a, it's a big old unit, right? And your job is to get a fillet um, and yeah. for it to be as efficient as possible. So you putting tons in, again, I'm going to be slightly crude. It, it, I don't care. I care about the answers coming out. So what, what are the things that you've got to do? You, you've got to put, you know, ore through. Are you looking at ore sourcing? Are you looking at high grading? Are you, what do you do to optimize what comes out the other yeah. side? So we, we're standing steadfast in our strategy on the underground mine insofar as our target grades concerned. So stove grade target still remains at three grams a ton, three grams a ton on average, uh, which if you then add on the development ore is typically about 2.7. 2.6 to 2.7 grams a ton that we're getting from the underground, which is about 55% of the feed into the mill. Um, and then we're bringing in main for deeps. Now, if you go back um, just into the first quarter, we were still operating in perch. Perch was providing about 0.6 grams a ton, uh, 0.7 grams a ton. We're now into main for deeps. We've hoisted the first ore, 1.99 grams a ton. So. Um, the volume is still not there because it was impacted because of COVID and, and some rain events we had, but we're starting to see 
that better grade open pit feeding in. So 45% of our of our feed moving up from 0.6.8 grams a ton now to something between 1.5 and 2.5 grams a ton. That, that's going to be the biggest spinner um, in increasing our production this year. And that's also part and parcel why we're confident that we'll be able to deliver within our guidance, which is between 80 and 90,000 ounces this year. Right. And how do you sustain that? Because I think the, the company has in the past been accused of high grading to the extent that it, it kind of wasn't managing the or, or body or what was going through the mill and you know margins fell and fell and fell. This is not an environment where you can afford for margins to fall. You know, marginal projects will fail. It will, you know, it's terminal for the company. So how do you yeah. sustain that? All right. So so first thing is maximizing the throughput from all the production out of the underground mine. Um, we've just finished the resource and reserve. We're busy finalizing the life of mine. That'll be finished towards the end of Q3, early Q4 this year, which will give us a very strong indication how, how hard we'll be able to push the underground mine over the next two to three years. Um, so that, that's really, the I would say, the base feed for us into the mill. Um, the second piece is what do we do on the open pit side, as you quite rightly uh, mentioned, you know, how do you ensure and, and sustain this quality feed? So. Um, main pit deeps we expect um, to be mined out towards the end of this year, maybe run over a little bit into next year. They might be a little bit more than we initially anticipated. Um, but let's assume till the end of this year. We're busy lining up Hermes South, uh, which will potentially provide a million tons of ore <coughs> at about 1. 1.4 to 1.6 grams a ton. So a little bit lighter than what we're seeing in main pit deeps, but still a solid um, a number that we'll be getting from there. And then in addition to that, as you as you picked up, the um, expiration cost or expiration investment this year is in fact doubled. Um, we have now added surface drilling targets and three of them is in fact just directly to the east of Hermes South, which is Pelora, Seaborg and Central Ball. Now that is the kind of war that we'll be looking at for 2024. So 2023 would be most, uh, uh, most probably a Hermes um, South solution. And then going into 2024 and potentially into 2025 um, will provide, you know, will be fed from those um, pits, which is towards the east of Hermes South, as I said, um, Central Bore, Seaborg and Polaris, of which Central Bore would be, I, I think, um, the, the, the sweetheart of the three options there. At that stage, we believe, and we, busy, we, we started the pre-feasibility study on the main pit pushback, at that stage, we'd like to switch then over to the main pit pushback, which will provide us, if you, if you look at the PEA numbers, 360,000 ounces over six years. Right. Okay. So th that, that's the plan. Um, actually, I, I need to go back to just something you said earlier. A question, a really good question sent in was um, by someone is, are you considering another pushback at Perch in order to access the ore between it and the Plutonic East area? That's <laughs> That's a very good question. Yeah. Um, let, let me answer it as such. Okay. So after we finish the life of all, sorry, when we cut off all the data that we used into uh, providing new resource and reserve, there was, of course, subsequent work happening. Um, the one part of that would be Indian access. But more importantly, we've also looked at Plutonic East, both underground. And uh, we've applied the technical approach that we used for the plutonic made underground onto plutonic east, so we know how many answers are there now. So this is all subsequent work. It's not in the resource and reserve yet. We've now extended that towards the east of plutonic east is an area which we call Big Fish, which includes and could be linked up with Perch. Now, 
to answer that question, that work is currently happening as we speak to try and understand whether these, these bodies in fact do link at depth. And then if that is true, is this an opportunity to restart platonic yeast or is it an opportunity to uh, do an open pit um, operation which will include perch? Um, you know, that the jury is still out, but um, well spotted. That's, that's certainly a piece of work that we'll be looking or that we are looking at at the moment. We, we would probably get the first view as to what the potential is towards July this year. Um, so it's still a bit of work that we need to do on that space before we can start, you know, forming a, a view whether we'll be able to move um, into that area. Yeah, we've got some very clever views uh, indeed. Um, so thanks for that question. Um, let, let, let's get back to this. I'm, I'm just going to keep this super simple for people like perhaps view, viewing it from outside, if not used to mining. So seeing you as a producer, you took the language of being able to sustain that and, and, and grow that, right? And then it's a question of, right, okay, you, you're building this towards 100,000 ounce a year producer. Um, you're selling gold into the marketplace. You're getting money for it. What are you doing with it? Because there was a kind of big patch up job to, to, to be done when you first walked in here. You've got to bring a discovery or more ounces into the story. So exploration is a big piece of uh, this. And as you just uh, described with, um, you know, with Perch, maybe, maybe there's some, there's some, um, you know, stuff that's been left behind, which, which we can be added to the pile. So are you just burning through the cash you're producing or? Have you got a view or a sense of when this thing actually starts throwing off cash, which can be used for, you know, more positive things like, uh, you know, um, dividends, um, acquisitions or ex expansion, um, of the, the, the current project so that you become a 200,000 as a year producer? Well, we certainly have the latent capacity in our mills. If we can get the ore, um, at the right grade, you know, to go up to 150 and even more than that. But I, you, you know, that, that plan still needs to be developed in appropriate level of granularity before I'll, you know, start actively promoting that. I think um, if we look at our cash balance and we, we're managing it very tightly, um, for instance, on the exploration side, the exploration team has, uh, has an overall budget, but their budget gets approved on a quarterly basis, which means you drill this quarter, we analyze, and then we decide whether we give you money to go on, all right? And it also drives that discipline that we don't spend money on a lost cause. Um, so that's part and parcel while we're also doing the, um, the desktop work now at Big Fish. We will not put a drill on that property until we, we understand with the data we have whether there's something potentially we can go and have a look at. So, so, so that's the approach that we follow from that perspective. The other thing is we believe that we're in the ballpark on spend insofar as exploration is concerned. And, and we believe that it can, well, given the results we've had, you know, certainly giving us um, what, what, what we were hoping for. And, you know, some examples is the Eastern Mining Front, uh, which was a recent find. We're looking at uh, Indian Access, which we reported on, I think it was 16 December last year. And just now on the 31st of May, put another report on, on, on Indian Access. And, you know, I've got the report here. We, we're talking about drill holes, 58.9 grams a ton. You know, um, we're talking about 17.6, 26.7, 20.5. 20 and the interesting thing there is that this area, which is 500 by 300 meters and is open at depth and on strike, is very close to the portal. And, and we've, we've messaged that quite strongly. So 
We don't know yet how many ounces we'll be able to extract from it, but the results are really positive and it's giving our engineers some, something to work with to, to start pulling this plan together. So in essence, what I'm saying to you is we, 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 we're getting close to really understanding how we're going to sustain the 100,000 ounces, but there's, there's a parallel stream of work to say, so how are we going to get that second mill going? What's the grade going to be? You know, if it's at two grams a ton, you know, we're going to get another 50, 60,000 ounces on top of what we ever, you know, what we've done up to now. So um, that's certainly a big lever that we want to pull into the future. Um, we are looking across the border for um, other opportunities to see whether we could potentially come up with a deal to provide all for the second mill. Um, I think the first mill is, is, is spoken for to a large extent. Um, and it's a question of just delivering those projects. But how, how does the second mill work? I mean, are you saying that you are looking at ways to try and fill that with your own? Because we, again, we've talked in the past about tolling, and I think with fuel prices being what they are, I guess that that radius um, of tolling has shrunk dramatically for for a lot of people. Um, so, what do you? How how do you make the decision on when to bring or if you bring your one point two million ton? Um, second mill online. I, I, I think there's there's another thing that I, I would like to add to that. Why you know looking across the fence is probably not the ideal, but can it play a role? Yeah, for sure. We're not discounting it at all. Um, you know, a lot of the tenement owners out there are asking top dollar for the assets, and uh, you know we're certainly not going to do something that that doesn't make financial sense to us. However. And, and I, I, you know, I infer, or, uh, spoke a little bit about big fish, and, and we don't know yet what the numbers are, right? And I've, I've asked the geologists, you now, do they at least give me some directional number? They, they don't want to say anything because they know I won't forget the number. They're going to keep them for, to that number. But the, the, the key thing here is we are actively looking for or from our own properties that potentially could be earmarked for the second mill. And the reason is it's going to be the cheapest ore. It's going to be very cheap to, to truck it up to the pad to get it into that processing plant. Um, and it'll be something that's completely within our control. Um, and of course, you know, within our permit regime, et cetera. So it, it, it ticks a lot of boxes. The question is, given the complexity of this whole body that we're dealing with, are we sure that the gold is really there? And, and if it, once again, if you look at the resource and reserve, the reinterpretation of the spatial positioning of the ore on the underground, you know, we, we've added 66% to our um, uh, reserve. Our measure in the indicator has gone up um, and uh, inferred we, add, we added about 600,000 ounces, which we can allocate towards the draw work that we did in the Western mining front. So Plutonic East and or Plutonic as a whole certainly provides a lot of opportunity going forward. The challenge we have now is, given the fact we've got five and a half million tonnes um, of underground <coughs> reserve, how quickly can we get it out of the ground? So um, that's where the life of mine work comes in. We need to finish that work. As I said, that'll be done towards the end of this year in Q4 uh, to fully understand exactly what that's going to take um, to unlock that potential. So not discounting other properties, but you know, absolutely making sure that um, we, we we utilize all, all you know. Um, unpack the uh, uh, potential of our own property. So how, how much did flooding and, and COVID set you back? Firstly, it impacted the open pit operations. Um, we had, we, we lost a few days in perch, which um, given its size, we, you know, we'd be able to, we were able to crawl back on it. 
Um, Mindpit pushback, uh, sorry, not Mindpit pushback. Uh, Mindpit deeps was affected on two on on three fronts really. Um, the one just directly having enough people on site to be able to operate um, the drills, the um, the trucks, the excavators, etc. Um, the other thing was mobilizing to get people there, um, and you know availability of kit was, was another issue. Um, the third one was once we got going there. Um, we had we had this torrential rain more specifically in May, so that held us up. Um, we probably lost a few weeks there. Um, as I said, you know we've uh, we're in the ore now, which is which is a big step forward for us. Um, but it's it's still on time for the second half of this year. Um, we believe we'll be able to uh, pull through with the things we have to do to set it up to really um, uh, provide the appropriate levels of ore um, for the for the mill. And now with the mill running at, you know, from time to time at 5,000 tons a day, we typically get about two and a half to 2,800 from the underground and the balance of that will come from the open. Okay. And here's one for you. This may not be for you. This might be for your marketing team, but how do headlines like 83.2 grams gold over 3.2 meters and 203 over one meter, is that wise when you're trying to, have a kind of you know steady steady the ship phase of of the business and show that there's a kind of sustained growth because do you track the right sorts of investors with headlines like that? Yeah, that's a very interesting question. I think what's important is one has to put it into context. Um, you know, if you get these kind of draw results, and and we've had it from many people and saying, so when are you going to start mining there? You know, is your average growth going to go up? We don't know yet. All I'm saying is that we've drawn there these gold. And there's a lot of gold. It's not included in the measure and indicator. Sorry, in the in the mineral resource and reserve yet. That's work that we're doing this year. Um, I think what the market also needs to understand is that we we were typically mining between eight and twelve percent out of reserve for the last five years. In the last four months, we've mined fifty five percent out of reserve, which is purely based on the new model. So the block model is a lot more accurate, which gives us a solid base to start building the life of mine so that we can have a realistic plan going forward on how we're going to unlock not only uh, volume, but also great from the underground mine. And, and um, Indian access certainly provides that opportunity. I think what would be unwise if we go in there, we only mine there and we're high grade the mine and the, you know, at the end of the day, we sit with, with just lower grade later and you know, it's a zero today and a zero tomorrow. Um, so what we're going to do is take that, which did not exist six months ago. We didn't know about it six months ago take those results, do the necessary development work, engineering work, and see how we can then blend that in as we keep on developing the rest of the mine. Okay. I just think it's a really important question in terms of, given the history pre-you, pre-your arrival, um, pre-Tara's arrival to um, it, it, it's a kind of, I, I just I, you've got to kind of question um, the, the the kind of the, that that narrative coming out of a company with the with the history you've had, right? Because I I kind of like the thought of you've mentioned extending life of mine, increasing mineral reserves and mineral resources and and so forth, and that says that the the factor that you are as a producer now going to be measured on is each month or each quarter hitting the ounce number, right? Not how much you put through, but how many ounces come out the other end. That's the, the factor which people will judge you on most. Um, mm -hmm. And yeah, that's, that just, 
I, I just I just wonder if you track the right sorts of people if you use those kind of crazy big uh, headline numbers. So t- tell us about the timing of when you're going to be able to assess that, um, how you take advantage of that, and what that could do to your average grade. Yeah. So so the work specifically on Indian access and it's certainly something that I put my hand up um, and and you know handed the baton over to our engineering team is to really uh, bring you know push that hard the the life of mind that we developed as we were building the new resource and reserve is going to change because of Indian access. Um, I don't know yet what the, what, you know, what that impact's going to be, but um, given its location, given the fact that it's fully developed around that area, so we could access it relatively quickly, you know, it's not two years worth of development before we get in there. So it's literally months. Um, and in addition, as, as I said, we also going to get in uh, or buying an additional uh, jumbo uh, which will arrive in Q3, which will give us that additional capacity to develop faster. And we need to do that to ultimately get to that million ton mining right towards the end of the year. So we, we're lining, we're trying to line everything that's within our control, line it up to be able to deliver what we, what we said we're going to do. Okay. Months, not years. I love it. Okay. Uh, Chris, um, great catch up with you. Sounds like things are moving despite all the things that are being thrown at you. Um, things are moving. It's been, it's been tough. It's been, it's been a tough, tough year for sure, but things are moving ahead. You're hitting the numbers. That's what we like to see. Keep doing that. And I'll see you in Quebec in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Exactly. I look um, looking forward to it. Maybe is there one thing that I want to call, uh, one thing that I could quickly call out? Sure. And 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 organisations don't often talk about it. Okay. It's something that I personally am very passionate about, and and you know, you know, got a bit of a surprise, not a positive surprise, when I joined, uh, when we looked at the safety performance of of our operation, and we know sure. that's a critical indicator of operating discipline. If you can't get that right, you know, anything thereafter is just so much harder. Um, so we implemented what we call the People Safety and Risk Transformation Program, and we've been able to reduce our recordable injury frequency rate um, by, uh, it's probably now, if I look at the NMA numbers, um, has dropped, you know, uh, more than 30%. So it's been a significant turnaround from that perspective, and, and it's just once again a strong indicator that we, we're not only focusing on putting projects or lining projects up together, but also folks focusing on the appropriate things on the operational discipline side to ensure that we have that long-term guidance, long-term rhythm and routine in our operation to consistently deliver. Well, I'm glad for you to say that. And uh, yeah, very important indeed. Chris, thanks again. See you soon. Thank you. Cheers. Bye-bye.